Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Um, boys, put down your utensils. I want to talk to you about something real quick. If there's anything that you want to talk about, any kind of secrets, now's the time to put it on the table, okay? And if you tell me, we're not going to do that. This is Dirt and Sprague. I went to the petting zoo and I I let the goat lick my butt. Oh, honey. Promise you wouldn't get mad, okay? They're just they're being honest. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. One time I put a firefly on my butt. Why? To make my farts glow. Oh god. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. I touched myself to Drew Perry on the past right. Okay, that's enough. Stop, please. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, or Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. Uh, Jason Shear covers Arizona. He's going to join us at 730. We talked with Bill Riley of Utah yesterday, so we're getting our our in-state previews of our opponents. What do you guys call that in the pregame? The territory lines or whatever? What do you call uh, it? Behind enemy lines. Behind enemy lines. Yeah. You got to go behind enemy lines. You do. You got to figure out what are you facing? What is the opponent bringing to the table? You guys really should have a Owen Wilson line and like a drop on that segment. <laughs> Going behind enemy lines. Wow. 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 I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It's a pretty good movie. Is it? I think so. Gene Hackman. Is that it? Is it like based on a true story or loosely based on a true story? Like a pilot was abandoned for 20 minutes and then we saved him or. Dude, he had to run through a field. That was, yeah. I mean, he maybe. Had to hide under bodies. He did. I, yeah, maybe I misremember how good that movie was because I have not seen it in probably a decade, but I remember thinking that's a good movie. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. I'm dude. put that up as a poll question. Is Gene... Owen Wilson and Gene Hackman in Behind Enemy Lines? Is that a good movie? Gene Hackman's an underrated actor. Yeah. He's got a really good Rolodex. I don't think he's underrated. You don't think so? I think he's properly rated. When was the last time anybody talked to you about Gene Hackman's acting career? <laughs> what was the last <laughs> actor somebody talked to you about? Come on, you hear about the greats all the time. You don't hear about Gene Hackman. Nobody's yeah. bringing up Gene Hackman in conversations yeah. around the water cooler. Who's the Stephen A. of movie business who's not <laughs> talking enough about Gene Hackman? Exactly. We need more Gene Hackman conversations. Uh, so Jason Cheers is going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. I put a poll question up on Chauncey Billups. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be a friendly place. What is Chauncey Billups as a head coach? Oh, the God. right guy for the job. He's good. Very meh. Or get a real coach. <laughs> you can vote at Dirt and Sprague. Uh, do you, are you aware that we've already, we're one game into the NBA season. Yes. We already have a players only meeting. 
That's not a good sign. You haven't heard this yet? I have not heard this at all. Oh, it's fantastic. What team would you guess had a players-only meeting last night? I mean, Philadelphia would have been a vote of mine because of what's going on with James Harden. James Harden's not there. Who else could have had a players-only meeting? I mean, who else could be that bad this early on in the season? Uh, It's a team that kind of ran it back and shouldn't have, but they didn't have any other real options, and they're stuck with massive contracts. Phoenix? No. No. They're not a good team. They're like a very middle-of-the-road bad team. In fact, they almost beat Miami in the play-in. Chicago? Chicago. They already got a players-only meeting, huh? Oh, yeah. Billy Donovan had to step in and say, you guys want me to facilitate (laughs) this? And the players were like, yes. Sort this out now. That's a really... Is that the earliest players-only meeting that has ever happened in the history of sports? Yes. Very well could be. Because they... Was that before or after their first game yesterday? Was it before? It was after. It was after after the first game. They they, they lost. After the first game, they needed a players-only meeting. Yes. All right. That sounds like a rational response to one game to a team that nobody really cares about in the NBA. Things have gone well in Chicago (laughs) post-Michael Jordan. Has Lonzo Ball played a minute in the NBA in the last decade? probably not playing anymore. Yeah, he's totally done. actually really sad. He wore his dad's shoes, and they ruined his knees. I saw Chet Holmgren made his debut last night. Old Chet. Yep. Skinny white dude looking yep. good. Andre Drummond kind of bodied him. <laughs> he did. I thought when he got crossed over, I thought his ankle snapped in half again, and I got a little concerned. Well, I didn't expect to start the whole second hour with basketball talk, so I'll transition to what I wanted to get to here. That was kind of my fault. You guys are firing away NBA takes last night, man. Well, I'm yeah. happy for you. The association is back. I like watching basketball. Yeah, good what? for you. What do you want from me? I'm gambling on the hockey yeah. games tonight. I watched a little bit of NBA. There was nothing going on last yeah, night, so I watched know. a little bit of NBA. Like, Friday night, you're not going to get much of me. It's game one of the World Series. I'm not going to watch. Saturday, I'm not going to watch. Okay. Sunday, I'm not going to watch. All but right. Right. tonight, I'm probably not going to Well, who okay. was the Thursday night game tonight? What oh, do we got? There you go. You're not even watching, and you don't even you're know. You're <laughs> His it's Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks debut. debut. Who's, I mean, I, who's the Thursday night game? Bucks and Bills. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Must win game for the Bills. It's kind of a big game for Buffalo, but they could also blow out Tampa. I mean, I, I yeah. Don't if know it's a blowout, I'll flip over. They are like nine, nine and a half point favorites. Ooh, yeah. I, I think I got to take the Bucks out of principle. That's a lot of points. I mean, I'll have an eye on Dame. That's just going to be really sad, though. Like I've acknowledged that the entire time. Um. I want to ask you something. We've talked a lot about Oregon State's road woes. Yes. And I, I'm, you know, I'm at the forefront of the line saying I, I'm concerned. I, I, all the numbers with Jonathan Smith's era in Oregon State dirt are almost cut in half when they go on the road. And he was asked this at his press conference. He, he didn't really like. He doesn't seem worried about this, and that's okay. He's mm-hmm. the coach. He would know better than I what's going on in that coaching staff in that locker room. But I was thinking about this yesterday because, you know, this is a big concern of mine. I'm worried Arizona can beat. Arizona's a good football team. Yes, they are. They can beat Oregon State, especially the Oregon State that travels. But I did kind of remind myself, what am I really reacting to here with Oregon State on the road? Now, I'm nervous because I don't want the team to lose. I want them to keep going. This is a fun season. Let the end of the year be awesome between Oregon State, Washington, and Oregon. But the noise is pretty loud on something that I don't think needs to be very loud. And I was one of the people making some of the loudest noise. I don't think we really need to be rushing to judgments on Oregon State's road record. And I'm going to tell you why. Before last year, were you thinking about how they were as a home road team? No. So, like, really, we're reacting to what? We are reacting to not being able to win games on the road against teams of quality, right? Washington, they had a good uh, opportunity to beat Washington last year in Seattle, lost by a field goal. They barely beat Stanford, who was truly terrible. 
But, like, last year was really their first year of expectation. And so, yeah, they lost a couple games. But maybe I shouldn't have been so loud on the road home split stuff, given he built that thing up from a one-win program (laughs) to what it is now. And really the only year with expectation prior to this season was last year. So we're really reacting to what? Six road games? And the numbers aren't great. I'll acknowledge that. But this isn't going to happen overnight, road success. Yeah, I would say too that this is not an Oregon State problem. This is a this is a football issue. Like it's hard to go on the road and win against good. T- I don't care how good or bad you are. Like or- Oregon's looking for a marquee road win under Dan Lanning. What's their best road win they have? That's actually a sneaky. It, they had this a, Oregon State be would it. have been it last year probably. Oregon State was a really good team. They had a lead in that game. We know how that one ended up. Um, Washington State was a good. I don't mean any disrespect to Washington State last year. They were a fine team, but that wasn't a top fifteen team in the country. But you eked it out, and you eked you know? it out. Uh, you had a Texas Tech game earlier this year where you didn't play very well. Uh, the Washington game obviously ended up in a loss. You, yeah. I thought you played a pretty good game, but fourth downs didn't execute, and so you ended up losing that one. So you got a chance to get a big-time ranked road win this weekend, but this is not an Oregon State problem. It's hard to go on the road and win in tough environments. That's the difference between, I think, really good teams and elite teams. Like Elite teams can overcome that, and they can quiet a crowd. They can go in and make it feel like a home atmosphere because they put a stranglehold on things early on in the game. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's it's a big hurdle that you have to cross, I think, as a program. And the other thing of that, too, is like if you come out and win this weekend at Arizona, it's also not going to change how I feel about your game at the end of the season. Like, I think that's a different animal to go into Austin and win. So just because you beat Arizona doesn't mean you're going to now go and win the rest of your road games the rest of the season. So it's just funny how you view it. Um, but they, th- this is a massive game in terms of I think both of them are this weekend for Oregon State, Oregon and Utah. I think you would argue these are elimination games to a certain extent for the Pac-12 title game because Washington still has no losses. I have a hard time seeing them lose twice. Somebody might trip them up in the last we'll five weeks of the season. Yeah, we'll see what health. happens if he's healthy. If he yeah. goes down, then that's a different equation, sure. But if he's able to keep playing, like I have a hard time seeing them lose twice. Now, your team's going to get a crack at them in your home stadium, so yep. that will help. Uh, but I view this kind of as elimination games for the Pac-12 championship because two losses will be tough to overcome, I think, at the end of the season. Uh, for Utah, they would have their second. Oregon would have their second. Oregon State would have their second, and Arizona is a very tough place to go on the road and win, but this is not just an Oregon State issue. It's hard to go on the road in tough environments and come away with a win. There is something in the Washington game I want to keep an eye on. I want to talk a little bit about the Oregon game, kind of a hodgepodge of Oregon, Oregon State, Washington coming back. I want to talk about their games collectively and things that I'm keeping an eye on, but yeah, it hit me last night, and I'm like, why am I going so hard on this home road split stuff? Like The numbers are almost cut in half, but Also, I didn't really have an expectation for that program until last season. They won at Fresno State. Now I know by the hairs of the chinny-chin-chin. They beat Fresno State. Uh, Utah was over in the first two possessions because Chance Nolan threw pick sixes. Mm -hmm. Then you won at Stanford, again, by the hairs of your (laughs) chinny-chin-chin. You barely lose to Washington on the road, and you housed Arizona State. Like, you know, overall... Yet you're lucky to escape a couple of those, especially that Stanford game. That would have been a bad loss, but 
You won. I would say the key for Oregon State, and we'll get in obviously the game a lot more, like you cannot get off to a bad start again. No, you cannot. That's been their tough part. Not at you, that place. You mentioned the Utah game where you come out and throw pick six early, and it's like, dude, the building's on top of you. It's loud. You're already overwhelmed. It's already a good team, and now it's like good luck coming back in that environment. Dude, don't, like, if Arizona gets the ball first, get a stop. <laughs> like, don't let them come out and breeze like a fart through the wind and right. score a touchdown like Washington State did in three plays, and then everybody gets going, the crowd's into it even more. You got to find a way to get off to a better start. We'll talk about that game with Jason Shear, but something on uh, all of these games this week in the Northwest schools with Washington, Oregon State, and Oregon. That's next on The Fan. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority, will hop on. Talking Oregon State. At Arizona, Noah Fafita, I'm with you. I think the I think a big part of it because I I also have come to agree with you on one take you had either mm-hmm. this week or last week, where you're like, yeah, we we do all these previews and then football just becomes football and hey, your point you made irrelevant. Yeah, it's so funny that we we break games down from a million different angles and it's like it always comes down to a couple of plays here or there in these close games. Did you convert a third down? Did you score a touchdown right. in the red zone on this one right. drive? Like, that's what it comes down to every week. That could be a huge part this weekend, speaking of previews, is Oregon State's red zone efficiency offensively, the best sure. in the country in that department. But I'm with you in the just, because if Jonathan wins, he's going to defer. Don't allow <laughs> Noah Fafita to start that game off with yeah. a balanced attack of he completed six of his first seven passes, and they ran the ball for 33 yards. Arizona 7 nothing. It's the last thing that that place needs. Huge weekend for Trent Bray. I know the offense hasn't traveled very well either, but yeah. massive game for Trent Bray because this is an Arizona offense 
That's feeling really confident and good about themselves with this quarterback change. Dude, if Arizona played in the Big Ten, they would be known as one of the best offenses in the conference. But they're forgotten because they play in the Pac-12 where we have all these great wide receivers and all these great quarterbacks, and they're just kind of an afterthought. Like I, You can make an argument. I think they'd be that way in the Big 12, by the way. In the Big going. 12, too, sure. Um, in the ACC, hell, let's just keep it going. It's not like the SEC's blowing people out with their offense this year. Jaden Daniels has two losses, and we're acting like he's God's gift of football. Um He's pretty good, though. He is pretty good, but if in, in any other conference, like if Michael Penix had two losses right now, nobody would be comparing that guy to a Heisman. It well, they would... won, and he fell from the favorite. <laughs> exactly. I know he didn't have a great yeah. game, but he fell. Exactly, but Jane Daniels loses to, like, Missouri. Oh, no, I think they beat Missouri, but they lose two games. And, ah, right. he's, he's the best quarterback in the country. This is the best offense that they have faced since Washington State. Yeah. And Washington State did not go well, especially early in that game. Now, they woke up, got some stops in the second half, and it allowed them a chance to get back into the ballgame, including a big uh, uh, red zone stand late in that game. But this is the first time they're facing an offense with a pulse, I would argue, since then. Like, we'll see what Utah is going forward. When they played Utah, that was a lost offensive team. Dante Moore, freshman on the road. They're having a hard time scoring. They're a little bit better now that he has been benched as well. Outside of that, you just haven't really played a competent offense since then. And so this is a stiff test because Arizona, I think, has the best collection of wide receivers that nobody talks about in the Pac-12. Washington's loaded. USC's loaded. We know how good they are. Uh, but Arizona's right there with them, and they can go toe-to-toe offensively with basically anybody in this conference. So they've got McMillan at Arizona. Yep. Uh, they, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, Cowing. Jacob yeah, Cowing. yeah they, they've, they, got a, they got a few dudes over there, and we know they can pass the ball now. Coleman, that back is an absolute monster, yes, he too. He is massive. Yes, yes, he is. I, I'll be curious to see how that goes, because I'm with you. It is somewhat... Uh, it does remind me of Washington State. They run the ball more efficiently and more overall than Washington State, so there's a little more balance there. For sure there is. But I'm with you. Like I, The one thing this Fafita kid hasn't had, he hasn't had a whole lot of pressure. Nope. Like the Washington State game, he had pretty good blocking in that one. Um, and then last week, or was that last week? I'm, I'm. Uh, what was they the game had buys after? last week? That's right. What was the game before that? Washington State and what was the oh USC USC game? Yeah. The two games he's played, the USC game, it was the same thing. He came out and they just slang the rock. He they were running it efficiently. So it, I think disrupting, making him feel some of that pressure, him not having a lot of experience too. He hasn't had it yet. So like when he has it, you don't know how he's going to respond. Seems pretty calm, cool, collected, though, even as a freshman. Yeah, I don't know what the over-under in this in this game is. I would bet the over, though, without even looking at the number. But I just I, I see this game being similar to the Washington State game. Like, if you tell me it's 38-35, I wouldn't be surprised in the least. Like, I'm not overreacting. It's 56 and a half, so points will be scored in this I game. I would take the over there. I, and look, I was, I've was i been wrong on some over-unders this no, year. No, but, but you could be. I could see this on the road, some 30 to 30-something. Yeah. I just, I'm not overreacting either to Arizona's defense doing what they did to Wazoo. Wazoo was in a weird Funk. Like, that's not indicative to me of Arizona figuring it out and being a juggernaut defensively. But the snowball effect. It was. It's just one of those games where you turn it over early, you're down, now you got to throw, you got to throw, you don't have any balance. And they were coming off an emotional loss at UCLA the week before as well. So I'm not buying in that Arizona's figured it out defensively. The other thing that Oregon State can do in this game is antagonize Justin Flo because he will have a couple of really dumb penalties and he runs around like an absolute psycho out there. If they beat Arizona, they're at Colorado. 
and Stanford, and then they go into their last two with Washington and Oregon. I was thinking about this yesterday. Nine and one would be unbelievable for this program. Dude, the Pac-12 has had a has a really has had a really good year, a really great final year. It's lived up to the hype, man. Of course it really it has. has. I mean, USC's been a dumpster the last two weeks, but other pro like Utah with all their injuries has lifted it up. Oregon State in the season they're having, but you need USC to be a dumpster, or you needed a program like them to be kind of this where so people go into carnage. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit to it when you have. Like yeah. five good teams, one of them is bound to not have the dream season. For sure. I think it's better that it's USC, selfishly because we're up here in Oregon, but also it just when they suck, there's still a conversation. Yeah. Your point on Penix and Washington, if they lost, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like the Huskies and Ducks and Beeves and the good teams in this conference really get covered very well anyway, even no. when they are great. So no. Yeah, I think it's better that it's USC because they still get talked about even though they're not very good. Also, screw USC, you know, so I mean, it's kind of fun yeah. to watch them lose, and I hope they lose again this weekend. I I was thinking about this yesterday of not only do we have great games this weekend with our two local schools, but thinking about how great the year has been at this point and how many good games we still have to go. So you have Oregon and Utah, obviously. Oregon State, Arizona is going to be a blast. Washington, USC is a week away. Washington still has to play Utah. Do you view Washington, USC as still a great game? It's because it's in Los Angeles. Like you, I, I still think USC, and maybe it ends up being my team. Like I'll make fun of them as much as anybody. They're going to get Caleb's going to get somebody. Like they're just not. And, and maybe, maybe this is a dumpster, and it truly does fall off the tracks. I have a hard time seeing them lose five games this season. He still scares you, doesn't he? He scares the hell out of me, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's going to have one of those games where he throws for 420 yards and four touchdowns and you can't tackle him and you're screaming at your television. They get Washington in L.A. in two weeks. Like, mm-hmm. that's a big – like, you get that game. Uh, Oregon State and Washington. The Civil War obviously still coming. Like, there are some really good games left in the Pac-12. I uh, I want to keep an eye on something. Washington and uh, uh, Stanford this weekend. Not a game many people, I think, want to tune into outside of the – Husky fans. At least they don't have another 7.30 kick. They're probably excited about that. Yeah, I'm not very happy with the Civil War kick. I just saw it. 5 o'clock, Pac-12. 5.30. uh, 5.30 on Friday. Not a fan. I also don't like the game on Black Friday. I don't either. I want it to be on Saturday. I like Saturday because I need to recover from what I do to myself on Thursday. Exactly. Which is gamble too much and eat too much food. (laughs) Something to note in Washington Stanford, I tend to think the Huskies will be fine here. Keep an eye on Penix. Yeah. I want to see Penix, like, Stanford's bad. Throw three tuds for 330. Like, that's the kind of game he should have. They keep claiming cramps. Like, I don't know about you. Have you ever had cramps last two weeks? No, but I'm also not a Division One football player. No, that's a fair point. He has no history of cramping like this. Yeah. I, I just think that they're lying. I think he's hurt. You watched that game. I watched that game. It looked like somebody that was struggling to breathe because his ribs hurt a lot. He also missed a lot of throws because he was a little uncomfortable in the midsection. He could not turn his body. And you can call that cramps, but when you get to two weeks, I just don't believe you anymore. So just just keep an eye on the Washington thing. If he takes a big hit or how he looks throwing the football... Because you mentioned their schedule. It's a gauntlet the last month of this season. Yeah, you got a week to get him healthy. I mean, I still make an argument. If it's really a rib thing that they're hiding, I would have sat him this weekend. I think you can beat Stanford 27 to 10 and get out of there with a win and let him rest. But again, they're not going to do that. They're going to play him, and maybe they're right. And I'm reading too much into this. But it's just something to keep an eye on in that game is I'm not convinced it's cramps. I think it's a rib injury or it's something in his midsection that's making him very uncomfortable. This like let letdown games are going to happen. I wasn't surprised that they were flat against ASU. The concern from that game though is that if you do have a rib injury to your quarterback, 
not being able to run the football is a massive red flag. Huge. And at some point with that injury, it's going to bite you. That's the whole point of being balanced is that one little bump or one little bruise can't throw you off. And we've seen a lot of teams that have succumbed to that. And so if I'm a Washington fan, you know what I'm asking for you to do? I'm asking for you to nut up and run the football against Stanford. Stanford's a bad football team. Not good. They're ninth in the conference against rush offense. Like Teams are running for 200-plus yards on them. They suck, dude. If you can't run the ball against Stanford, that just means you can't win up front. And so you showed that you could do it against Oregon. You know that it's there. You had a 100-yard rusher in that game, and Oregon has a drastically better rush defense than Stanford. So it's clearly in your DNA to be able to do it. You have to be able to overcome deficiencies on other parts of your football team, and maybe that that is the Penix injury. Like, run the football. I'm with you. You should be able to rest him, but running the, running it 13 times for 13 yards against ASU tells me I'd be concerned about sitting him out until I see what that rushing game looks like. Let's get the Arizona side of things. Jason Shear of Wildcat Authority joins us for the Daily Ticker coming up. We got Ken Barkley at 8 a.m. A lot to dive into in the gambling uh, gambit of uh, football this weekend, so we'll talk with him. Maybe he's got a World Series uh, prop bet that he likes a lot. But Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority, joins us for the Daily Ticker. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Thursday. Let's keep talking some Pac-12 football. Big one down in Tucson this weekend. Excited for it. Both teams coming off a box. Joining us now to preview it from the Arizona side of things is our friend Jason Shear of WildcatAuthority.com at Jason Shear on Twitter. Good morning to you, Jason. Thanks for the time up here. I want to start with the Jaden Delora stuff. So he goes down, and they kind of had that mantra for a couple weeks, like if he's healthy, he's going to play. If he's healthy, he's going to play. Fafita has looked incredible. Has that ship sailed, or are they still saying there's a chance Jaden Delora is back as a starting quarterback just because he was injured? I mean, Jed Fish hasn't come out and said that Noah Fafita will start this weekend, but everyone is expecting Noah Fafita uh, to start this weekend. I, I mean, he's just played too well. Uh, you know, Jaden Delore is a guy that, that Jed Fish loves and, and has a close relationship and all that, but I mean, Arizona's coming off a game against Washington State where it dominated on the road. He's played well in every game. Fafita has uh, played well in every game that he's started. Um, at this point, it's just hard to go away from Safita in the expectation that he'll be the starter. Uh, Jason, I'm curious, defensively, Arizona, it's kind of maybe the unsung part of their team this year because Fafita's come on the last couple weeks. He's been a really good story. He's been fun. He's been better than Delora. The defense has played a really good season so far. Middle of the road and pass defense, but, you know, top four in rush defense. I'm curious, what's the key to their defense being better? Because I don't, I don't necessarily associate defense with Arizona football. What's, what's the step that's been taken this year for them? Well, I mean, it, it was so bad last year. It, it was one of the, the worst in the country. So there was basically only one way to go, and that was up. But 
Um, Arizona did a good job of, of in the offseason. They basically said we're going to rebuild the defense. And they went out and they got a bunch of transfers. And uh, Bill Norton from Georgia, uh, Taylor Upshaw from Michigan, who has six sacks this season. And they've all done really well. And then the younger guys have all taken jumps. And, and you know, it, it, it really comes down to personnel. I mean, the personnel is just significantly better than it was last season. And, you know, I, I'm really curious about this weekend because Oregon State's offense is very different than what Arizona's seen. Arizona so far has played a lot of pass-happy offenses, and, and this will be the most balanced offense that Arizona has seen all year. What was the reaction when Jed Fish was hired? Like, we've joked the last couple of weeks, especially after that Washington State win of, like, man, we probably got that wrong. I don't remember us ever having much positive. Like, eh, Jed Fish, that's where Arizona's going? How's that going to work out for you? And now you look up, like, they're getting better every year. The recruiting has improved unquestionably. What was the reaction down there when Jed Fish was hired? And how, I mean, I'm imagining they're feeling good, but how are they feeling right now? Yeah, I mean, I got that wrong, too. <laughs> most, most people got that wrong. I mean, there, there was very few people that you could find. It was like, oh, Jet Fish, great hire. And, I mean, it was just, it was a strange hire at, at the time. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, there was a lot of negativity. But now, obviously, that that's kind of shifted. I think the biggest surprise has been how he's been able to recruit. Arizona's recruited very well under Jet Fish. And uh, one of the keys is he's hired a very good coaching staff and and everybody recruits. And so, you know, I I think there's a little pressure on him now to make a bowl now that there's been some success. Um, But obviously, you know, it's come a long way since the day that he was hired. I'm curious, you you start this interview off by talking about the situation at quarterback with Fafita versus Delora. I mean, is this just about not wanting to lose Delora in a portal? I'm just kind of confused here. I've watched this kid play against USC and Washington State. He looks amazing. This isn't even a contest to me. One guy throws picks. The other guy's completing 34 passes in a game on the road. Why why kind of the uncertainty, I guess? Why not Jed Fish just come out and say, Fafita's our guy. Sorry, Jaden, you had your chance. You threw too many picks. Cost him the Mississippi State game. Fafita's the guy. I think part of it is just gamesmanship at this point. Uh, I think that'll probably stop next week. But, you know, Jed has just put a lot of work into Jaden Delora. He really has. And, um, you know, it's it's very – when you look around college football, um, there's not a lot of head coaches matching their their multi-year, you know, starting quarterbacks. And um, it's similar to, like, a point guard at college basketball. There's just a relationship that you have. And um, I agree. And I think most people locally agree that – Noah Fafita should be the guy. It shouldn't really be a conversation. And I'm not sure how much of a conversation it is at this point, as opposed to just Jed Fish saying, you know what, I got one more week for a little bit of gamesmanship. And I'm not even sure how how successful that is. I'm sure Oregon State is under the belief that Fafita will start. But um, I, I think Jed Fish has been very careful in how he handles Jaden Delora because there's a relationship between the two. Yeah, one of the things that we've talked a lot about this year in the Pac-12 is some teams are just one-dimensional, right? Like, I think Arizona ran into a Washington State team that is one-dimensional. They took advantage of it. They can't run the football very well. Arizona is one of the more balanced teams in the conference, and I don't know if they get enough credit for that. What have you seen from the run game? Because I thought, especially late in that Wazoo game, man, they had multiple guys with like six, seven yards of carry. They kind of took over that football game, and they can pound the rock. Yeah, I mean, Arizona's going to do, and Jet Fish is going to do whatever it takes to win. And if that means that Arizona's run heavy, they'll be run heavy. And if it means they throw 40 times a game, they'll throw 40 times a game. But one of the revelations over the past few weeks was, you know, 
Jaden Delora has been injured, but Arizona's starting running back, Michael Wiley, has been injured as well. And so Jonah Coleman, the backup, um, who's still getting some carries each game, has, has been getting more carries, and, and he's been awesome. I mean, he had 160 uh, total yards with rushing and receiving as Washington State. He had three touchdowns. He's really, really difficult to bring down on the first touch. And all of a sudden, you know, I think Arizona has the deepest running back room in, in the conference. You know, Oregon State obviously has two very, very good backs. But Arizona, there's a good chance on Saturday they use four different running backs. Mm. Um, you know, Wiley, Coleman, T.J. Williams, and then they got a guy named Speedy Luke who uh, who broke out against Washington State. So they're, they're going to spread the ball out with the running backs and, if they have to run 30 times to win the game, they'll run 30 times. We, uh, we've talked this week about how reacting to the games, we, we kind of enjoy a little more than preview just because preview is like, hey, what about this matchup? What about that matchup? And then the game doesn't boil down to that matchup or something weird and kind of random and lucky happened. Football became football. And so previewing it kind of makes you look a little dumb on Monday. But if I were to ask you, how do you see this game in your head playing out between these two teams? What, what would you tell me? Yeah, you know, if this game was at Oregon State, i pick Oregon State to win, um, it, but it's not. It's at Arizona. I, I just think that, you know, Oregon State's defense uh, has been inconsistent so far. Um, it's on the road in a tough environment. Arizona's finally playing with some confidence. I, I have a, I, I'm picking Arizona to win by, like, a field goal, but I have a feeling it's going to be a strange game. I mean, after, you know, late at night, two teams that are, are kind of similar, um, you know, it, it, it's – it's to, it has all the makings of one of these Pac-12 after dark games. So I can tell you that Arizona's going to win, and I think that, but that's probably going to go out the window, and, and you know, everything I think is going to happen will probably go out the window at kickoff. Yeah, I mean, the last time we saw a Pac-12 after dark game, it was ASU nearly beating Washington, just like we all saw coming, right? Arizona State with one win on the season against an FCS team. Uh, last one for you. I'm just curious your thoughts on the, the, the news and what's been going on with the remaining Pac-2 against the Pac-10, the departing schools, the text messages. Uh, it's just it, I don't know, We've had a kind of a weird year following it because one of our in-state schools is being left behind. The other one is moving on to the Big Ten. I'm just, what is what is your re- reaction, I guess, been to some of these court dates and, and the fighting between Klyavkov and, and the 10 schools versus the two? Yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. It, it, it really is. You know, it, and um, I, Oregon State to me and Washington State, you know, when you take a look at the text messages and the evidence that they have about how everything was handled, it, it sounds like they're going to have a successful case and, and be able to, to get money to kind of rebuild the conference and um, you know, I, I don't like seeing schools like that just have not have a home. You know, whatever it may be, they deserve a home. Oregon State has obviously been successful. Washington State as well with football, and um, they deserve a home. And Oregon State has a great, great fan base. So hopefully it all works out. But, I mean, I don't even know when this thing's going to end. You know, like court dates usually lead to more court dates. So we'll, uh, we'll see. But hopefully, you know, Oregon State kind of, has a home here soon and is able to move forward with everything. Yeah. Amen to that. Jason Shear, WildcatAuthority.com. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Jason Shear, uh, previewing the Arizona and Oregon State game. We can't wait for it. Thanks so much for the time up here in Portland, man. We always appreciate it, and hopefully we can catch up again soon. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. There you go. Jason Shear talking about Arizona. He he thinks they're going to win, but it's a good reminder that uh, this is Pac-12 after dark. Yeah. And chaos usually ensues. Yeah, I'm I'm trying hard internally not to be Sprague from Washington State Week, Mm -hmm. and I have no reaction to what you would say back to me with this. I kind of just feel weirdly confident that Oregon State's going to take care of business this weekend. Okay. 
Good for you. That's awesome. Okay. Feel good. I'm just glad you didn't respond with why, because I would be like, I don't, I, I don't know. Like we randomly feel confident in our teams from time to time. Sometimes we have the funny feeling in our elbow, and you're like, yeah, eh, what's going on there? I don't yeah. really know. It's a little sore. I'm not quite sure how to feel. And then other times you go in, and yeah, you feel good. This gets back to the larger point, though. Nobody knows what the hell's going to happen. No, nobody does know. I just, yeah, offense is playing a little better. DJ seems more confident. He talked about that this week. and. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Ryan Cooper's going to play, which is a pretty big blow for their defense. I think he's a really good DB. But, I mean, there's some tape on Fafita. Because I can tell you right now, they're preparing for Fafita. Yeah, not playing Fafita would be a massive mistake. I, I would think for... the stars and the football <laughs> yeah. gods if they do that. If Jaden Delora's in, I share your feeling. <laughs> Oregon State's going to win this game going away because he's going to throw a couple of bad picks. Is this the weekend we finally get it? An interesting point from Bill Connolly that at some point we have to start seeing the evidence, right? I want to get to that coming up next on The Fam. Text at the Vancouver Ford text line. Uh, 503-864-6326. Two teams that are similar, question mark. I know funky stuff happens at night. Funky stuff does happen at night, folks. It does. Packed all after dark's a thing. Uh, but there is a talent gap here. Like, I don't I don't disagree with the overall point. I guess my retort to that, I'm assuming that as a Beaver fan, I don't know that. Um well, my, if they're saying that, I would assume yeah, that. Yeah. My retort would be I don't I don't disagree with the overall point. Don't take Arizona lightly from a talent standpoint, though. Like, I, I, I will maintain. I, I think their running back room, I don't know about Jason Shear saying they're the best in the conference. Well, I mean, I think he's the top two backs of, of the top running teams in this conference mm-hmm. is not what his point is. They're on their the overall guy. Depth, they have yeah. four guys. Who, who are four running backs for Oregon that are healthy right now? Uh, I mean, their two freshmen would be three and four, Jaden Lamar and Dante Dowdell. But who are they largely just playing? It's They're Bucky two, top two guys, yeah. Jordan James, right? Yeah. Oregon State, same thing with Fenwick and Martinez. I think his point is just, yeah, they, they have four dudes that they've been rotating in because of injury. They have two elite NFL wide receivers. Cowing is a, a little quick speedster. Tutorial McMillan is a guy that I still look back in recruiting. I'm like, God, I wish Oregon would have got that guy. Because yeah. he was a last-second flip to stay in state. He is, is he related to the Washington receiver? I don't McMillan? think so. Okay. I don't think so. All right. I don't know that, but I don't think so. Um, so I'm just and, and Fafita has been a little. He's been a, a, a great playmaker, not turning the ball over a ton. Like this, is, I I don't know about Arizona defensively. Like I think Oregon State's going to be able to come in and run the ball on them and win that the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Arizona, from a talent standpoint, offensively, I I genuinely believe. They're just not talked about, and I brought this up earlier in the show, because you have Penix in Washington, because you have Caleb Williams, because you have Oregon and what they're doing. Like, if this was a conference that was the Big 12 or one of these crappy offensive conferences, Arizona would be talked about a lot more. I think talent-wise, offensively, they go they go toe-to-toe with basically anybody. Yeah. So overall, I agree with you. I don't know what to make of Arizona's defense, but I don't think there's a massive talent gap here. I think Arizona's a really good football team. I think the tough thing is their last road game, was at Cal, and Cal's offense isn't great. They gave up 40 points. So kind of naturally assume the defense is going to be doing the bend-don't-break thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, As we go on, the season continues to progress. The home road splits are pretty jarring, and the road part of that would kind of lend to what you said at the beginning of the year of taking that step back. I expect scoring in this game, but I think to that listener's point, overall roster-wise, it is not a big gap, actually, at all. If you're talking about the top-end players at positions, maybe that's what they're referring to. Receiver-wise, I think Arizona's receivers are better. I don't think that's really a that's controversial take. not a debate at all. Uh, offensive line, Oregon State's, Oregon State's advantage. Yeah. They've got the best offensive line according to pro fo- or the best offensive lineman according to Pro Football Focus. Is lineman ranks Oregon has the fifth best in the country. It's pretty impressive. Quarterback-wise, 
I know he's had a good couple weeks here. I'm still going to lean DJ. I think top end running back, you're starting running back. I think yeah. Martinez is better than what Arizona has. And, and, like, you can go that direction and say these are the advantages Oregon State has. I think the tough thing is will Oregon State get a pass rush? They, they're they not very good at it. They're just not. They're, it's something they've lacked for a long time. And some games they're good. Other games it's non-existent. If they can get to a pass rush, this might be where Oregon State can separate themselves. But like Washington State and Oregon State this year, going on the road is a massive difference for these programs because it's easier to get up at home when you're a three-star kid. Oh, my God, the whole stadium's going crazy. They're rooting for us. The chainsaw's going off. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. And then you get on the road, and you're the one being booed, and it's loud as hell, and your offense is struggling. And you're jumping off sides on second and 11 to make it second and 16. You're too amped, and yeah. the noise is getting to you. Like That's a real thing. And Oregon State showed that in Pullman the way they started that game. We'll see if they show it this weekend. But I, I think the entire game, I want Oregon State's offense to perform well. I think the entire game is going to come down to how ready is the Oregon State defense to go against that offense with that new quarterback? Yeah, and the teams were playing different styles or different levels of football, I should say, when they had their common opponent, and I don't think it has any bearing on the outcome of this weekend's game, but we also have a comparable opponent where Oregon State went to Washington State and lost. Arizona won that game 44-6. to That's one of the more eye-opening, head-scratching results so far of the Pac-12 season, is it not? It, it's definitely one like that, of them. But. It had a lot with Washington State being in a funk. Like That's not who Washington State is. They had a horrible game, and I think if you play that game 10 times, Arizona's not 38 points better than Washington State, and vice versa. If Oregon State gets another 10 cracks at Washington State, maybe they win 7 out of the 10, because I think Oregon State's the better football team. But when you have that staring you in the face as well as a result, it's it's hard to it's hard to ignore that. Washington State has a real shot to finish 8-4. and four. Yeah, which would be a good year for them. I mean, it'd be a great year. I think eight and four at Washington State's a good season. Um, but I, I hear what you're saying. I just don't know what the real what is the real Washington State. I don't know, man. They've lost three straight games. They have. I, I don't know what it is. It may, maybe it'll be eight and four, and we'll say that's a good team. Maybe it'll be seven and five, and they have a letdown spot between Arizona State, Stanford, or Cal, or Colorado. Yeah. I don't see that, but yeah, you can't lose one of those games. But again, they they have not traveled particularly well, and uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. It's just Arizona's riding a wave of momentum. They are seasons have momentums in them. The great, the truly great top tier teams seemingly have that all year. They're just good. They're better than everybody. But Arizona's riding the wave right now. What did the bye week do to them? Right, the hot baseball team. That has to sit and wait a week before they play again. Mm -hmm. They don't always come back and play great baseball. Sometimes it's about momentum. Taking a week off now, you recalibrate. Oregon State's had two weeks to prepare for this quarterback, who's a freshman, by the way. This is the biggest game he's played. Uh, because they're at home, because they're a slight well, there's dog. expectations now, too. And there's, like, yeah. yeah, Washington and USC were big games, but that was kind of, you went in like, eh, it's a right. freshman, they're not going to win those games. And then they almost knocked off USC, and it was an eye-opener. This is an expectation game. Also, this is a bit of a gut check in the Beaver locker room. I don't want to overlook that. This is kind of a look in the mirror. Who are you? Who do you want to be this year? Do you want to be 9-1 and one going into the Washington game? Could have game day coming to Corvallis. Maybe, maybe not. But do you want to be 9-1 and one with those final two games and an opportunity to control your own destiny? Or do you want to be this team that, you know, people think is really good, but you're just second-tier team and yep. you're never going to get much better than that and you lose to Arizona? I don't think it's a slight to lose to Arizona. I'm just saying... There is a lot of look in the mirror this weekend for Oregon State. You guys got to nut up or shut up. 
Go on the road, win a good, tough game, and play your style of football. That's what they allowed Washington State to do. Dictate the style of football that was played, and it completely threw them off, and they could never recover from it. Go in there and dictate the terms. Yeah, this is one I, I've I've looked at all year and just thought to myself, man, I'm glad Oregon's not going to Tucson. <laughs> this is a game that I don't want any part of because uh, I think Arizona's a really feisty team. And you they, guys got a more checkered past at Arizona than we do. We, oh, we for sure we do. We have yeah. success at Arizona traditionally in the last sure. like 15 years. Whereas Oregon's had some wild-ass games happen. Yes, we have, and I don't want to relive any of them. And thank God my team will never go to Tucson again. At least it doesn't seem like they're going to Tucson again anytime soon. Uh, so, yeah, I look, I, I don't disagree with the overall point. I just saw that text. I got sidetracked there. But I, I don't think there's that big of a talent. I think Arizona's a really good football team. Um, and, and we'll see, man. I can't wait for Saturday night. We need, like, a talentgap.com website that tracks the portal, <laughs> yeah. the recruiting rankings, and it just shows you in matchups – like, is there a difference in just the talent yeah, what, level? <laughs> and it, would this be split? A slight edge Oregon State? Maybe it's more even. I don't know, but we need a website like that. I think Vegas is telling you it's a slight edge Oregon State because you usually give two to three points to the home team. And Oregon State's a slight favorite on the road by about a fuel goal. So they're saying that Oregon State's about three points better than, or maybe six points better than Arizona. So less than a touchdown overall if you were on a neutral site. So uh, I can't wait. I didn't get to my other college football thing. That We'll get to that coming up in the final hour of the show. we got a ton of NFL news and notes we need to get to as well. We'll start the final hour, though, as we always do with our buddy Ken Barkley, and uh, that is next on 1080 The Fam. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 